Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. I'm Michael Aceta, founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. Thank you for being here and educating yourself on your dog's learning, behavior, and psychology. I appreciate you taking the time to sit with me and hear what I have to say. Who am I to give you all this information and change your world? It's happened. I love when it does happen, but I am very humbled when it does happen. And I love the fact that people get the results that they do when working with me and when taking my advice. It really does make me feel good. I want to give you a free gift because of how good it makes me feel. Click the link in the description to get your free PDF download for resolving complicated bad habits without having to use punishment. Too many dogs in my line of work are just punished because they don't know what the expectations are, and I want to see that kind of end. <laughs> so that's my, my mission so that nobody has to punish their dogs or correct their dogs or yell at their dogs. If you're tired of doing that because it's not working anyway, make sure you get that free download below. Resolving complicated bad habits without using punishment with training.matadorcanine.com slash resolving bad habits. Today, we're talking about the difference between dogs on TV and dogs in real life. There is a huge difference, a huge divide, and you can see it all the time on social media with trainers working with dogs. You only get 15 seconds, you know, 30 seconds to make your, your point, and it's a lot of editing. It's a lot of quick, jumpy cuts. I was watching a YouTube video by a very famous YouTube dog trainer. I won't mention the name, but I'm sure you could find him very easily. It's not the biggest dog trainer YouTuber, so I'll put that out there. But it is a different dog trainer, and he's on YouTube a lot. And they cut every one and a half seconds to something new. They jumped a different camera angle, a different – like everything was so quick. And this was supposed to be an educational thing. Right? It wasn't supposed to be all over the place, big excitement, explosions, fireworks, pyrotechnics. No, this was just this was just conversations between two peoples, and they cut every one and a half seconds, which I understand from a business perspective when I'm doing content. That's how you keep people's attention. Right? TV has kind of lost people's attention because it's too slow. So YouTube and social media is much faster. And those who are on social media know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you're scrolling through TikTok. And something catches your attention, you stay on the video, but it immediately jumps to something else. And now we're over here and now we're doing this. And there's two people talking when there was originally just one and there's a lot of chaos. But it's strategically done. It's strategic, right? There's a purpose behind every single cut and move and adjustment and sound in the background that you don't even recognize. There's so much that goes into it at a professional level that results in the perfect picture absolutely stunning, captivating, wonderful display of whatever they're trying to show. And that's the first reason that your dog can't be the dogs on TV. Editing. Editing is a literal profession. People just edit. That, that is their entire job. 
They don't even write the storyboard. They just edit to make it look and match the storyboard. They make it look professional, clean cut. I'm, I learned editing so I could film courses and do these kinds of things, but I am not nearly, not even close to the professional level that some individuals do. And someday I'm going to hire a professional to edit my courses and my content to bring everything to that next level. But right now it's just silly old me messing around with Adobe Premiere Pro, trying to uh, edit things to look nice. But what I won't do is cut out mistakes. I want to show you the mistakes because I know that's what you're going to go through. I know you're going to have those mess ups. Your dog's going to do the things that my dogs do sometimes, especially during the learning process. Or if I'm working with another dog, they're going to make a mistake. And you need to see those mistakes so you can look out for them and know what to do when they happen. Right? Now, in editing, when it comes to YouTube or television or whatever it is, there's this huge buildup of all the mistakes that everybody has made. And then one person solves the whole thing. It's not how it works, right? There's usually a group of people that get together and they figure out what do we need to do with this dog? Even myself, I'll ask other trainers advice. Hey, what do you think is going on here? What do you see here that I'm not seeing? And it'll open my eyes to this new you know, view or a new perspective. The more I do that, the better I get as a trainer. I keep my mind open so that I can enjoy the community of dog trainers, not just dog training as a whole. I do love and enjoy that, but the community of dog trainers where we're talking, educating each other, everybody's growing. I think I talked about this the other day on the podcast. To me, it's insanely important to continue to advance the community and the industry. So we're constantly moving forward. We're constantly trying to grow. I think that is insanely, insanely important. So that's a team. And that's actually number two. I've kind of kind of gone into number two here. Number two is a team. If you have a team of individuals on your side, you can much more easily, much more easily, much easier. It's much easier for you. There's the word. It's much easier for you to have success if you have a complete group of people. If you're doing this on your own. You are, you know, let's say you have a reactive dog. They're barking at everybody on the street. You're complete, your dog is losing it. Dog's completely freaking out. What you can have to do is scan the environment, train your dog, worry about people coming up to you, be your dog's advocate if somebody gets too close, right? Manage every single tiny situation while trying to reward your dog and study their body language. Keep all of this in your head so that you can record it in your dog training journal and try to do this day in and day out without getting stressed or burnt out. I understand it's insanely difficult, but if you have a team, well, someone can be surveying, making sure up there is all clear. You can be focusing on the dog 100%. There's going to be people being their advocates saying, hey, you know, this is a closed set. We're, we're trying to film something here. So if you wouldn't mind just going around the block or something, right? That entire team gives you the freedom and liberty to focus solely on your dog. And the more you do it by yourself, the easier it's going to get. But it's never perfect. Television can look perfect, especially with the editing right? For me, I don't understand how somebody like a trainer could be walking and they don't see a single dog. They can walk for miles having a nice, polite conversation with the dog that's supposedly reactive. And then of course, once they're done with their nice conversation, a dog perfectly walks into frame. That's editing. That's all editing. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. The dog was perfect for so long. And now they have this problem that someone has to deal with, right? It's, it's classic storytelling. 
everything's going well. I forget. Um, oh, it, maybe Michael Bay. Michael Bay's style of storytelling was you'd have the protagonist, the hero, right, the main character, have some kind of struggle. They develop skills or acquire powers that help them deal with the struggle. They then deal with a first the first struggle, or they interact with the villain. They deal with it. The villain escapes, or the struggle is eliminated for a short period of time and put off. Then the second time they meet up, right? The second time the villain and the hero meet up, the villain wins and the hero just escapes, just barely gets out of there. The villain doesn't pursue them for some reason. I don't know when the villain became nice, but doesn't pursue them for some reason. Then the hero goes back, either gets a sidekick or develops more skills and powers, develops new technology, new developments in the storyline. And then they meet for the third time and the hero defeats the villain. Hooray, everybody wins. That kind of storytelling used to happen when I was watching dog television shows. Right? We see that there's a problem. Dogs having behavioral issues. The owners don't know what to do. We've interviewed the owners. Then this trainer walks in who has developed skills over years of learning. They come in. They present a solution that works short term or will work for a little bit. Now, either they've solved that first solution and the dog now has a more severe problem. Right. Oh, the, the dog was jumping up on people and they've dealt with that. Well, we're not going to let the dog jump on people. But actually, the real problem is the dog is resource guarding. Now we've we've elevated the excitement of the situation and the trainer now has to learn more about the individuals and what their life holds holds. This is just all good storytelling and editing. And then the trainer solves that resource guarding and everything goes away. Everyone's happy. Hooray. It's all storytelling. That's all it is. It's editing, storytelling, and they have a team to help guide them through this. The other T, there's two T's in this equation. The other T is time. You have no idea how long they film any episode. It could be two, three, four days, right? It could be a span of a month. So they went, they gave them advice, they showed them what they need to do. And then a month later, they check back in with them. But you don't know how many times someone stopped by to make sure they were actually getting the progress that it looked good in a month. Right? What if the owners had some traumatic event? They couldn't train the dog. It wouldn't have looked good in a month. But maybe it wasn't a month. Maybe it was six months. Maybe it was 10 months. So that kind of editing or storytelling is relative. It could have been day to day, right? On Monday, they trained the dog. And on Tuesday, the dog hadn't forgotten anything yet. But it doesn't show the long-term effects of the training that they did. Did the long-term effects work or did they not work, right? If I just correct a dog for doing something today, odds are tomorrow I got to correct the dog again. And next week, I got to correct the dog again. Eventually, they might get the hint that this is not a good thing to do. But odds are, they're going to go back to those bad habits right away or relatively soon. Teach them with positive reinforcement. And you teach them what the expectations are, what you want them to do, and then use their environment to reward them. That behavior can stick around for years. But again, they don't show that because the storytelling isn't as exciting. Right? How exciting is it? To see a problem solved, everything's clean, the dust has settled, and the problem comes back. What? I thought we solved the problem. What's going on? Storytelling. That's all storytelling is. So we have editing. They have a team on their side. They have time on their side. There's a relative time. And they have the storytelling. That's, that's why 
dogs on television are different from your dog. Now let's look at it. You can't edit anything, right? You're in it. You're immersed in it. You can't edit anything. You can't make anything look flashy or good. It's going to look grungy and all over the place at first, especially at first. It's going to be an absolute mayhem. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be chaos. But you work through it, you get better, your dog gets better, and now it looks nice and pretty. Number two, you don't have a team on your side. Most individual dog owners are doing this by themselves. You're completely alone. You don't have somebody to guide you through this. You don't have family supporting you. In many cases, you don't have family supporting you. Your dog is your family. So if you're looking for a team, and if you want me to be that coach for you, be your support system, I would absolutely love to. I'd be honored to. It would be a wonderful pleasure of mine. So I put down in the description, there's a link to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. I'll be your personal coach for six weeks. Kind of like if you went to the gym. Sure, you could just get a gym membership, or you could have a coach work on your nutrition, work on your cardio, work on your weight training work on your endurance, all of those things. The coach is going to make sure you hit all of your goals in a timely fashion. Sure, eventually you might hit those goals. The coach is going to make it shorter, and that's what I want to do for you. So if you're interested, make sure you click that link in the description. Schedule a discovery call. Let's make sure what my service is fits your lifestyle and your needs. Let me help you out. So that's a team. I'm going to be your team, okay? I'm in your corner. I'm rooting for you, just like uh, Mick and Rocky, right? I'm going to, I'm going to root for you. I'm going to train you. Time is relative. It takes time to train your dog. It absolutely does. If you put in the time, just like if you went to the gym, if you put in the time and you practice and you get those fundamentals and those skills down, then it is much easier for you later on. If you don't do the time now, it's, it's still going to cost you the time no matter what. Put it to you that way. That's how I think about whenever I have to get something done. It is going to cost me time regardless of when I do it. Would I rather get it done now or would I rather get it done later? Sometimes it, I push it off to later. That's fine. There are some situations where that's important. If there's something more pressing in my life that I need my attention and focus on, I'll do that. But odds are, it's not. I should start doing this now because it only takes a couple of minutes a day, a couple of practices. I already have to take my dog for a walk. I might as well train them when I walk them. I already have to feed them breakfast and dinner. I might as well train them during that time. If I push it off till tomorrow and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow never comes, right? it's always today. And then I push it off to tomorrow again. My dog's never going to get better. I never get this solved. And I'm constantly in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't solve anything. I haven't finished that task. There was a, a character on a show that my brother and I used to watch when we were little. I don't remember which show it was at the moment. But the character could never finish a project. He was a villain. He was an evil scientist. And all of his projects were halved. Half. They were they were literally in half. Not like, oh, he had built the shell and he didn't build the inside, or he built the inside and he didn't build the shell of a car. No, like he would get halfway through the project, fully halfway, and then it didn't have the other part. And I believe the protagonist defeated him in whatever he was doing and then decided to help him get past this. I think he even had like one pair of glasses, but it wasn't like a monocle. It was like it went around and it came over and it just stopped in half. I don't know. But point being. <laughs> Point being, I'd much rather do it now than push it off. Because if I finish it, in my brain, I feel more successful. I'm more productive. I feel like I've accomplished something, and that boosts up my confidence. So then I can go tackle the next thing. If I push everything off, maybe you feel this way. Maybe you don't. But when you push things off, in the back of your head, you're like, I should have just done it earlier. And it kind of it, it eats away at you until you get it done. 
I do it with the dishes all the time. I see the dishes. I'm like, I should probably just do the dishes. And then I get distracted to do something else. But the dishes are lingering in the back of my head. I should have just done them when I saw them. I think this is a classic people problem. You know, everybody has this kinds of things. And then the storytelling. You can make your dog training story absolutely wonderful. And you should. It should be this grand uh, transformation. Right? It should be this wonderful eclipse of triumph and struggle and, and building of confidence and all of these things that make storytelling so wonderful. Your dog and you will go through that storytelling transformation. And when you tell other people, oh, yeah, you know, they compliment you on something. Oh, my gosh, your dog is sits so perfectly. They're so polite. They're so nice. You say, absolutely, they are. I worked so hard to get there. Let me tell you what used to happen. You know, I rescued him a couple of years ago and he was aggressive towards people. He would lunge and snap. He was even released to the shelter before I got him because he bit somebody. And so we worked on it every single day. I put in the effort. I put in the time. I developed the skills. And yeah, we hit roadblocks. We had some regression periods that, you know, the dog went back on the behaviors. But instead of giving up, instead of swallowing defeat and just saying, whatever, I guess my dog's going to be an inside dog for the rest of their life. Instead of doing that, I doubled down. I worked even harder. I got a professional trainer to guide me through what I didn't know how to do and the nuances that I was unaware of. And now I can sit here and enjoy a nice lunch with you and my dog can sit next to me and I'm not worried about anything happening. That is a beautiful story arc, a wonderful tale of something that actually happened. If you think that story was made up, it actually happened. It was one of my clients and they love, they love being able to go out with their dog now. So it's, it's not that your dog can't be like the dogs on television. It's that the dogs on television can't be like you and your dog, right? For me, I don't want to be like the Kardashians. But the fact of the matter is the Kardashians can't be like me, right? Because the Kardashians need all of the editing and everything to look good. I just look good. <laughs> now, this is a little bit of a boost for you. And this is how I want you to talk about yourself when you're working with your dog. Boost yourself up. Make yourself feel good, right? I am doing a wonderful job with my dog, even if they're struggling. I'm doing everything in my power to get my dog to where I want them to be successful, happy, confident, enjoying life again, having the freedom to do what we want to do. And for you to be able to do that day in and day out, you got to boost yourself up. So I want you today to think about the things that you have accomplished in life, even if it's as, as simple as getting out of bed this morning. Sometimes that's all it is. I got out of bed this morning. I woke up. I took a nice shower. I had a good breakfast instead of just running off through the day. And for some of you, it's you know, I got a black belt when I was younger. I did this. I was a Boy Scout. I was a Girl Scout. I got the job that I really wanted. I graduated college. I went to a trade school. Whatever it is, I want you to think about all the accomplishments that you've done in life to boost yourself up. And now go work with your dog. Thank you guys for listening. Please take advantage of the free PDF download below, Resolving Complicated Bad Habits without using punishment. And if you're looking for a guide, a coach, someone to get you through the process and teach you the nuances that you might not be aware of, click training.matadorcanon.com slash six-week coaching. Let's make sure this is right for you before we start. And when we do start, 
you'll have a hell of a lot of success. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you next time.